Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. When we first moved to Colorado, uh, <laughs> we lived out here off... Uh, off of Comanche Creek and 150 out there. And we lived up on this hill. So like I could walk uh, the the house we stayed in kind of had like a little courtyard type of thing, but I could walk out and I could see the gate below and we had horses out. So you had to open and close a gate every time. And uh, so we had this, make a long story short, we had a friend coming to visit. Okay. And this friend was bringing a friend with her. And so I was like, okay. And so anyway, the friend, I'm talking to the friend and I'm giving them directions and you know how the cell phone service doesn't work or anything. So I tell her, Green Gate, there's a red barn right there. You can't miss it, blah, blah, blah. I'm standing outside, you know, tell me what kind of car you're in. I see him coming down. I'm like, hey man, you see that house up on the hill? Yeah, that's mine. You're, you're here. Just come in through the gate. Okay, talk to you in a minute. Hung up. And for some reason I just stood there because I was like, well, by the time I get back in the house, I'm going to come back out to welcome my guests. So I'm just going to kind of stand here and wait. So I watched them pull up to the gate and they sat there for a second like maybe it was going to open automatically or something. So finally, the girl in the passenger seat gets out and she goes over there and it's just a chain with the, you know, laying in the little notch. But somebody must have tied it in a square knot because it took her about seven minutes to undo the chain, which is fine. No big deal. She finally got it figured out. Then she tried to open it towards the car, but the car was right there. And it was, it was becoming very apparent to me that this lady might not have very much uh, experience opening gates. But she was making a hand at it for little experiences she had. She opens the gate up the right way. My friend pulls through. She goes and she shuts the gate. And I'm looking and audibly I say, no way. She closes the gate and she's on the other side. <laughs> That's fine. Right? I've been air-minded. But when she locked it, I started getting concerned. Yeah. Yep. I kid you not. She stood there for a second, locked it, and climbed over the gate. Climbed over my gate. No, sir, not on the hinge side. About as close to the little chain as you can get. And we're talking about, this is just one of those green, thin gates, right? She climbs over, and I thought, ain't no big deal. They made it. Nobody died. Common sense is it as common as it once was. Common sense is not what it once was. And that gate never was the same as it once was either after she got done, but I think sometimes we do the same thing with Christianity, okay? I think we do the same thing with Christianity. We start off okay, we get to the right spot, and then we just get silly with things sometimes, like thinking something's going to magically open by itself or some other type of nonsense, and so finally we kind of get going again, and we do things the hard way. And I think that Jesus is probably looking down on us like I was looking down on that hill going, oh my gosh, are you serious? Are you, are you serious? That is, okay, that's okay, I guess. <laughs> I, think, I think that's how Jesus looks at my life. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, okay? 
So we start off okay, but then we get silly. We do things the hard way, and Jesus looks down at us like, oh my gosh, you know, come on, dude. And then sometimes our foolishness even has long-term consequences and things just don't work right anymore. We do the same thing with our Christianity. But what if we can use a little bit of that cowboy sense? Because I cannot imagine that anybody, at least sitting here, I could be wrong, but I cannot imagine anybody sitting here that would open a gate that way, which kind of makes me sad because then I wouldn't have a story. But anyway, y'all have common sense, right? What if we used a little bit of that common sense with our Christianity? What are some ways that we can take a little bit of cowboy common sense and see if we can't use it to grow our ride with God? So as I say on the radio each and every week in five states, so come on, what you waiting on? Let's go. Five components to common sense. The very first thing, if you want to have cowboy common sense and apply it to your Christianity, is you have to do everything you can not to complicate things. Because common sense Christianity is uncomplicated. In the cowboy world, in the cowboy world, if you were to go out and work with Ty or Mitch or Brett or, or Tim out in Illinois or whoever it is, um, if you were to go out there, a cowboy's job really boils down to about four things. Four main things. And I have categorized them as such. You have to keep the cattle fit, fenced, fed, and watered. That's your job as a cowboy. To keep the cattle fit, fenced, fed, and watered. That's what a cowboy's job is all day long. Is something along one of these lines, if not maybe all of them in a given day. All the stuff that we do aligns with those four things. These are the important things, okay? If your cattle are not fit, it's not good. If they're not fenced, that's not good. If they're not fed, that's not good. If they're not watered, that's not good. This is cowboy common sense. It is not that complicated. Now, I'm not saying that it, in instances it can get complicated, okay? But that should not be the rule. That is the exception to the rule. And just like Christianity, the plain things, Alistair Begg, who is, I think he's out of Cleveland, Ohio. He's Scottish, I believe. And if he's not, I'll probably get a death threat or something. But he says, the main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. And I find it somewhat sad that most of Christianity, you put two Christians in a room together, and they're going to have three different theological perspectives, right? Because people get so caught up in the minute details that they miss the big picture. If you want to apply cowboy common sense to your relationship with God, understand that the plain things are the main things, and the main things are the plain things. And what are these plain things that I speak of? Well, I just, I don't really do a lot of speaking of myself. I usually try to just pass along what God has said. And Jesus himself said that the plain things and the main things are these. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said that's, that, that's it right there. That's the two main things right there. Love God and love others. That is the mainstay of, of our Christianity, of, of how we deal with others and the way that we live our lives. Now, we can go, we're not talking about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and we know all of that, okay? But Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then, what about all those other little things that come up? Well, did you know that there's a chapter in the Bible written by the Apostle Paul? It's the 14th chapter of Romans. 
And Romans chapter 14, I think that's right. Yeah, Romans chapter 14, I didn't look it up. I did it from memory. And so if it's not right, just find right, okay? Romans chapter 14, the entire chapter deals with disagreements. How to handle when I say this and Ty says that, right? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. An entire chapter of the Bible on how to deal with these when it's not necessarily a main thing. It's one of the subdivided things way down here. How do we, um, how do we deal with that? Well, the Bible tells us, Romans chapter 14, if I may just quickly summarize it, this is basically what Paul says. If there's a disagreement between believers, you should always choose not to let it become a division. In other words, a disagreement doesn't have to become a division. Man, if, if you think that Sunday is the holy day and somebody else thinks it's Saturday, who cares if they're worshiping God, right? Or one person thinks it's okay to eat meat and, or pork and this person doesn't. It's fine. Let the one that wants to eat pork eat it and don't criticize the other guy because that's the way he believes. It's not really going to matter in the very end, right? And you might be thinking, well, I mean, like I've never had that disagreement. Well, you know, I mean, what about, let's just call it like it is. You put two believers together, you ask them, is it okay to drink? One believer will say, yeah, it's no, it's no problem to have a couple of beers. And this other one's going to say, no, you can't do it. Either one of those is okay. All right. Now, we can see how easily it is to get mired in the details. You do you as long as you're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. These little bitty details, it's okay if there's some disagreement in them as long as you never let it become a division. And I know what people are already running through their minds. Well, you know, if you drink, that leads to drunkenness. And so no Christian should drink. Well, eating leads to overweight. So are we going to all go on a hunger strike? Talking leads to lying. Are we all going to take a vow of silence? No. Each person has to go and ask God if it's okay, right? And eh, I'm not even going to get into all of that. What I'm saying is don't let disagreements become division. The main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. And that is common sense. That is common sense. And do you know how we use common sense to avoid divisions when there's the disagreements? With the next one. Do you know what the opposite of kind is? And if you've been coming here for a long time, you're already like, man, I know exactly where he's going now. And that's good. That means I've beat it into you. Right? What is the opposite of kind? It's not hate. It's not anger. It's not even being mean. I don't know. And it's not a coconut. I don't know why I put that in there. It must have just Freudian slip. You know what the opposite of, of kind is? Nice. The opposite of kind is nice. And I think that Christianity as a whole has taken a turn for the worst because it has been taught to us that all we have to do is be nice to people. Put up a front with people. It doesn't really matter if you really do hate them and you're going to talk bad about them. As long as you're nice to their face and you smile and don't say ugly things, then you're a Christian. No, you're not. It's, it doesn't work that way. The opposite of kind is nice, and this world is infatuated with appearances. God doesn't care anything about appearances. He cares about the heart, and that's the difference between nice and kind. To me, it's common sense that nice being nice to somebody really doesn't cost you anything. A smile doesn't cost anything. It's good. That's fine, right? Holding the door open for somebody is nice, but it hasn't cost you anything. But kindness, kindness will 
usually end up costing you everything. And you know what? When you think about it like that, that nice doesn't cost anything, but kindness will cost you everything. In a way, common sense tells us, and we know instinctually, that isn't that what God is looking for? Seriously? You think he's looking for us to be nice or to show kindness? Kindness, nice usually just happens when we're in a good mood. Kindness happens when we share the love of God with others. You know what I think of when I hear the word nice? I think of that oily sheriff from Tombstone. You know what I'm talking about? Grease slicked up everything and fancy and n- n- never get his boots dirty. And That's what I think of as nice, but kind I think of Virgil. Be willing to stand up for people that can't stand up for themselves. That's what kindness is. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, we talked about Romans 14 being about disagreements. Well, 1 Corinthians 13, do you know what that is all about? It's the love chapter, is it not? And it wasn't until I did studied for this that something dawned on me. The very first words of 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient and can we not say that if you claim to have love, that it must be patient and kind? Boy, isn't that so much deeper and meatier than just being nice? Love is patient and kind. If you want to apply cowboy common sense to your Christianity, to be able to say, uncomplicate things. Man, the main things are the plain things, and plain things are the main things. God loves us, and we're supposed to love others and love Him back. Love Him back by loving others, maybe I could say. Mm. Uncomplicated, kind. And finally, not finally, the next one is truth. Isn't it sad that the world today, we have to try to explain someone that the truth is common sense, right? I mean, the thing about truth is you can't go up making up your own truths, okay? And I mean, from a biblical perspective, just because you think it, it might make it true for you, but it's not a universal truth, okay? The truth, being true, can only come from God. That's it. And see, most people confuse fact and truth. If you want to use common sense, man, just keep an eye on truth. Every single time, keep an eye on truth. And most people confuse fact with truth. Facts can change, okay? Facts can change. The truth does not. Facts can usually be empirically, you know, studied. Like, this is a phone. That is a fact, okay? It can be held. It can be empirically investigated. Truth comes from God. And crazy as it sounds, you can't prove it. why it's called faith. It's why it's called faith. It is a fact that our, you know, you think about it this way. It is a fact that our ancestors, like, worshipped rocks, okay? That's a fact. But the truth is, rocks can't save you. Only God can. Do you see the difference in facts and truth? Let us hold tight to what is true according to God, because God is the originator of truth. He can't lie. So if we really want to know the truth of something, we go to God. But how we go to God is He already gave us what? The Bible, right? It's a love letter from God to us. You know, we talked about it this morning in our Bible study, man. It's a treasure map. And isn't it sad that that treasure map that we call the Bible, when X marks the spot, it's not just a treasure It's everything. Nothing, where nothing is left out. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. Or I guess the only thing left out is everything that God never intended for us to have in the first place. It's a treasure map on the wall. 
And that's what people, most Christians use the Bible for, is they're like, man, this is a, this is a real treasure map. It's a real treasure map. And you're like, did you ever find it? No, I hung it on the wall. Well, why didn't you go out there and look for it? Well, because it might get dirty. That's not what God wanted from us. He wanted us to go out and live. Yes, that Bible is vastly important. It's a love letter. But the adventure is out there, not in those pages. Our relationship with God is made in action, not in thought. Our relationship with others is made in action, not just in thought. Is it true? But the best part about truth is that it's not a concept. It's a person. And that person's name is Jesus Christ. Honestly, I've got a confession to make. And I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get some hate mail over it. I do not like, what would Jesus do? I really can't stand it, to be honest with you. Well, what would Jesus do? Well, let, let, me, let me tell you why I don't really agree with what would Jesus do, because Jesus would heal the leper. That's what Jesus would do. Jesus would heal the lame, make the blind see, open deaf ears, raise the dead, walk on water, and get nailed to a cross. Those are the things that Jesus did. I'm not God. I can't walk on water. I mean, I guess I could try, but, you know, I'm probably not going to unless God really leads me to, and if Ty's there. Because if God tells me to throw Ty out and he bounces, I'll get out of the boat. <laughs> so, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, what, what would Jesus do? Those are the things that Jesus did because he was the son of God. I think I like more, not what would Jesus do, but maybe. What would make Jesus proud in this moment? What would make Jesus proud in this moment? Because see, I, I, I'm, I'm not the son of God. I'm, I, you know, I haven't always been and you know, all of that stuff. I'm not Jesus. I'm not the son of God. But I can approach any situation with not what would Jesus do, but what would make Jesus proud in this moment. Or maybe for some of you that language just doesn't work. Still sounds a little too churchy. Um, maybe, maybe yours would be... Let's see, W-T-B-W-N-T-S-T-U-A-T-J. That's going to take some work. But that is my acronym for what's the best way not to screw this up according to Jesus? That probably will work for me, and I'll work on my acronym, okay? Whichever one you decide to use. Know that in John 14, 6, Jesus himself says, I am the trail, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one gets to God without going through me. It's common sense that the truth is Jesus. And that is who we look to for every answer that we can find. And even if we can't find the, that answer, maybe we can get close to it. So we talked about being uncomplicated, being kind, knowing the truth. You ever stop to think that what Jesus came to give us? I mean, think about this. Why did Jesus come? Well, I mean, what was his point? I mean, we can give out all these answers, but I don't know if a lot of people have ever sat there and gone, you know what, I'm really not quite sure why, why Jesus, what he came to give us. I think of, when I think about why Jesus, what Jesus came to give us was, like we studied in our Bible study, eternal life. And what is eternal life? What is it, John 14? No, what, uh, 14, 7, I think it was. Jesus said, and this is eternal life that they will know the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. That is eternal life. I think of words like eternal life. I think of words like when I think about what Jesus came to give me, I think of things like grace, hope, mercy, and forgiveness. I believe our job is to offer these to the world by the way we live our life and conduct ourselves. 
And the common sense is we should be inspiring to others. We should be inspiring to others because it's common sense to me, okay? This is just me. But to me, it's common sense that if you want somebody to go where you're going, maybe you could tell them all the benefits instead of just threatening them, right? Maybe it's just me. Sure, there's, there is hellfire and brimstone. I, I get that. That is a real part. And Jesus mentioned those things quite a few times, right? But Jesus didn't come to save us from one thing, hell. Okay, Jesus didn't come to just save us from one thing. He came to give us everything. We need to be inspiring to others. But you know what I see too much of in the world today? Is Christians just fighting, bickering. My way is better than your way. And if I was an unbeliever and I was like, you want me to spend eternal, eternity with those two? <laughs> no, I'm not going to spend five minutes. And I'm going to walk away, right? we got to be careful how we conduct ourselves, especially in public. Especially in public. We need to inspire others. You need to live your best life. I pray every day that God blesses y'all, not for your own glory, but so that y'all will be lifted up a little bit more than everybody else so that somebody that is lost and hurting will come to you and say, how is it that you can make it through this time with grace and poise and everybody else is floundering? You say, because I'm holding on to the rock that is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to inspire others. We need to encourage others. And remember, Jesus didn't come to just save us from one thing. He came to give us everything. And you want to know what the crazy part is? You know how you get it all? By giving it away. By giving it away. If you want love, the greatest way to do it is to give love. If you want grace, the best way to get it is to give grace. If you want mercy in your life, give mercy. If you want somebody to give you the benefit of the doubt, or maybe even just give you a break... Do it to others, and others are likely to do it to you. Hebrews 10, 24 in the New International Version says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And let us consider how we may spur one another, inspire somebody else towards love and good deeds. And finally, we've talked about being uh, uncomplicated. We talked about being uh, true and kind and inspiring. And finally, I'll leave you with this. If you want to apply a little bit of cowboy common sense to your uh, Christian life, make it repeatable. Make it repeatable. Common sense tells us that what we do should be repeatable by us and an example for others to follow. Make your life repeatable. Because you know what? People are watching. People are listening. People are learning. And people are doing what y'all say and do what y'all say and do. Because see, I've kind of got this funny little statement that's kind of funny, but it's really not that funny, is I got out of ministry when I started training ministers. That is why I never let anybody call me a minister. I got out of ministry when I started training ministers, and it's y'all. Y'all are the ones that people are listening to in this community. Y'all are the ones that people are learning from in your households. Y'all are the ones that are repeating what y'all say and do. Make it worth repeating. Make it repeatable. Make it repeatable. It is not some religious moniker that we're after, like 
When somebody looks at us, and even if we do make our lives repeatable and just and all that it should be, we're not looking for somebody to say, well, there goes a godly man right there. That's a man of God right there. We're not looking for titles. What we're looking for is that Christ may be evident in our lives. Is that not true? Do we care about titles of being called this or that? What we should care about, if we want to make it repeatable, is that we care whether or not Jesus Christ is evident in our lives. Because one of the saddest things ever, well, let me say this. Uh, Ralph Hager, who, you know, y'all know he's one of my mentors. I got to see him twice uh, at the end of last year. And uh, anyway, he, he told me all the time that I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, Ralph. Hang on a second. I'm going to get it. Oh, well, <laughs> probably. I can't believe that. Like I was, I had it. And then I was like, squirrel. Funny stuff. Funny stuff. And Christ will be seen in your life when you follow his will and his way over and over and over and over. Maybe I should not have used the word repeatable. Maybe I should have just said practice, practice, practice. Because one of the scariest things that I can ever think of in my life, and now I remember what Ralph said, was this. When I told him that I was going to become a preacher, he looked at me and he goes, that doesn't surprise me one bit. You've been living like that your whole life. Turned around and walked off. Would people be surprised to find out that you're a Christian? That's a hard question you should ask yourself. Would people be surprised to find out that you're a Christian? But more importantly, why don't they know? Why don't they already know? We need some common sense in our Christianity, uncomplicated. The main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. I think I got that backwards, but it still says the same thing. Be kind. You don't have to be nice to everybody all the time. Be kind. Make it your goal in life to be kind, to hold fast to truth. It's common sense. It's common sense. Don't you think the one that made the world can maybe figure out how to get us through it? <laughs> Just an idea. Just an idea. Inspire somebody today and make your lives repeatable. That's called a legacy.